With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Justice, a front porch conversation about justice issues. This week we're going to be talking about the upcoming Mid-Atlantic Regional Justice Conference. Stay tuned for more. Welcome to a Front Porch Conversation on Justice, where it's a live talk about issues affecting us today. Uh, let's talk justice today, and today we're going to talk about the upcoming Mid-Atlantic Regional Justice Conference that's taking place here in Hampton, Virginia, in a few short weeks. Uh, our guest today will be Byron McMillan. Good afternoon, Byron. Good afternoon, Charles. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, you're live and clear, and our audience is um, is hearing you well, and we're ready to get started with today's show. Um, uh, and so we're gonna this show is gonna be centered around, uh, as I said, the event that's taking place in three short weeks, known as the Mid Atlantic Regional Justice Conference, uh, which is gonna take place on March 21st to the 23rd at the Hampton Roads Convention Center. Uh, this conference is convening. Uh, to proclaim a vision that uh, restores hope and confronts our justice lifestyles. And, and we're also going to be developing and strengthening relationships that were beyond, that go beyond talk and, and become more actual uh, being relationships that make come about and make change in our, in our area. So Byron is here with us today. Byron is with the national office of Joss Life and, uh, and we'll let him explain what he does there, and, and then we'll get into our conversation for the uh, Byron, you want to tell us about yourself and 
you know, a little bit about your background and what you're doing there with Just for Life. Yeah, first I want to apologize for being in a, um, I'm supposed to be in a quiet place, but I'm actually in a Panera. That's all I could do because I had to take my wife to a doctor's appointment. So I hope you can hear me loud and clear. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina. I've been there for a great deal of time and uh, just recently moved to the Virginia Beach, um, Hampton area. Um the story of my life is kind of uh, just one of growing up in a, you know, evangelical Christian church, uh, mega church, traditional black Baptist church. Um, and after many, many years, just kind of being bored with church, I can specifically think back to about six years ago, um, really just being bored with church and ready to leave church. And I went on a mission trip, inner city mission trip to uh, inner city Philadelphia where we were doing what we called, quote-unquote, homeless ministry, and we were preparing bag lunches and sharing that with homeless people out in um, Love Park. And one gentleman came up to us, and uh, me and a a group of kids that I had taken up there, and he told us what we were doing. He said he appreciated us being there, Um, but he said what we were doing was like feeding the bears. And we were making people dependent upon us. And that, you know, he said millions of people come to Philadelphia every year just to give away free food, clothing, and shelter. And I remember just being a little bit shocked by what he was telling me. And so I remember asking him, well, what are we supposed to do? And he said, heck, man. He said, that's your problem, not my problem. And it it was from there that I really began thinking about what I'd been doing in church, the the way we had been doing church, and it was around that time that I picked up a book called When Helping Hurts that explained that all poverty um, stems from broken relationships, and I'd never heard any of that before. Um, But just making the biblical case for what poverty really is, um, a disconnection in one of the four, and all of the four key relationships, so a relationship with God, a relationship with ourselves, a relationship with other people, and the creative world around. And uh, that was just something that I'd never heard before, and it was shortly after that that I got involved with an organization called CCDA, that uh, the Christian Community Development Association, and began to learn about this whole thing called Christian Community Development, um, where it was really um, about... Uh, entering into reciprocal relationships with people, especially those on the margins and those who are vulnerable, um, rather than just transactional ministry, um, you know, giving out something, trying to get something in return that wasn't relational, that was short-term, um, and just looks, look for numbers. And so that's when I began really um, um, working in this whole world of relational ministry. That was about six years ago. Um, and about three years ago, when I came on staff with Jobs for a Life um, to help develop uh, training and deliver training of, of, of how to do um, the Jobs for Life uh, curriculum and process of, of coming alongside of uh, vulnerable folks who are experiencing or have experienced um, um, employment challenges um, because of incarceration, because of poverty, because of downsizing, whatever it is. 
but uh, we have a uh, our mission is to come alongside the church specifically um, and help them to to come alongside of people in a curriculum in a classroom setting and help them overcome obstacles in their life um, so that they can get employment. So that's what I've been doing for about the past three years. Wow, that seems like an awful lot of stuff packed in a short period of time. Uh, uh, something interesting you said about uh, this whole thing with jobs for life and this relational ministry stuff. I mean, that sounds kind of sticky, and uh, uh, I guess it, it's one of those things that people feel uncomfortable with doing. How do you, how have you managed that, and how how is jobs for life? perpetuating this, uh, this this platform throughout the country? Yeah, well, what we've found is that um, anybody who's gone through the Jobs for Life class and, you know, came in, you know, trying to help somebody else, um, typically you come in thinking that you're going to help somebody who's less fortunate than you are, someone who's, um, you know, having issues with employment, and you start going through this curriculum and, you know, it really helps people to open up and share their lives with you. And in the process of doing that, you begin to open up and share your lives, your life with, with other people. And, and through the curriculum, it really starts to address, you know, why you're, why you were created, um, what your dreams and aspirations are, these things that, um, you know, we believe are inherent in each individual, you know, something that God God has given to each one of us, um, a desire and a passion to do something in this, this world that only, you know, that individual can do. And for some reason, um, you know, we get blocked from that for many different reasons. So when you come into this type of relationship trying to help somebody and you realize that other people are just like you, um, and that you are just like other people, and you become you, you, you become friends with um, an individual that you thought you were going to help. Some really magical things start to happen. One, I know a lot of people, um, especially a lot of Christians that I know that grew up in church, and you know were kind of like I was five or six years ago. Kind of gotten bored with church. A lot of times they come into this relationship and they start to see this curriculum that is biblically based start to transform another human being right before their eyes Mm -hmm. and it really renews their hope and faith in the power of, of, of the Bible and scripture and people just come to life and we, we let people, we try to help people to understand up front that, you know, this isn't, um, you know, just a, a, a little short-term thing. We're really asking people to get into relationship with people. And when you do that, you you just start to touch people's humanity. Um, you begin to connect with other people in a way that a lot of times we don't do anymore because we're so professional and we've got everything kind of, you know, um, kind of on a, in a process that kind of works for us. And, you know, we, we don't know how to do relationships with people that are just like us, that are around us. Everybody's individualized. We've got our head down on our iPhones, our, you know, Android devices, and we're kind of cut off from the people that are right around us. We don't know how to be present. 
Jobs for Life really helps cut through all of that and helps you to be present with another human being um, and other human beings who are going through this class with you. And it, it really starts to transform people's lives who thought they were going to help transform somebody else's life. And in the process, you find out that we all are transformed together. And it becomes pretty exciting and, and something that people are longing for. Yeah, but it's, it's, it seems like, I don't know, it seems like there's an awful lot of brokenness going on um, that I'm hearing. How, how can this whole thing with with broken people help broken other broken people? Or is there a process that takes people past that, that before they are able to interact or intersect with someone else and, and actually start uh, uh, relationships and meaningful relationships? Yeah, well, this is this is the discipleship journey that we're all on, and um, you know, we 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 looked at Jesus and his model, his example. Um, he, he left the greatest gated community um, in the history of the world, and and came to this earth um, and and pitched his tent among us, as the version of the Bible says. The Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Um, yeah, there's brokenness all around. It's painful, and it's, it's it's part of the human condition. You can't get away from it. You know, and, I, and and we believe that that's 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 exactly what Jesus came to address. And when he left, he said he'd, he'd leave us a, a counselor, a guide, you know, the Holy Spirit, um, to guide us in the truth, to help us to live this life out. And we just believe that when when believers, um, you know, accept this reality and begin walking this walk that the spirit will give us everything that we need and it's not just um, an intellectual assent to the the words that are in scripture but it's meant to be a lifestyle that's lived out in the world and we find that when we put ourselves out of there out there when we get out of the pews and just on a sunday morning listening listening to a pastor give us a lot of words and knowledge and we begin to take that knowledge and live it out in the world around us, we, we find the truth of what we're hearing um, in a very compelling way. And so there's just it, it's just a discipleship walk, getting into the Word, reading it, um, coming alongside other brothers and sisters who are doing the same thing, and we find that you gain life through that. And people are healed from their own stuff because a lot of people, what we do is you know, as kids or young adults or whatever it is, and, and we learn how to cover it up and avoid the pain, and we just kind of go through life, um, and, and then it comes up at these inopportune times. But what we find is when you expose that brokenness, that pain, that trauma that's going on in our lives to the truth of, of who Christ is and what the Holy Spirit is doing, we find that we can be healed. And when we're healed, then you can help heal other people. Um, and a lot of times this goes on at the same time. Just, there's no way around it. It, it. It's the way of the cross. It's the way of Christ. It's the wow. way that Christians are supposed to live. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah. 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 Again, we're talking to Byron McMillan. He's uh, with uh, the national office of jobs for life. And, um, and we're, we're discussing, Today on our front porch conversation, uh, 
about justice. Let's talk justice. Um, we're just, we're our primary target is, is is the upcoming Mid-Atlantic Regional Justice Conference, and uh, with Byron, we're going over some issues here about with jail, jail for life, and um, and and getting ready to get into some things about Christian community development. Uh, but again, the Mid-Atlantic Region, Regional Justice Conference will take place on March 21st through here in Hampton, Virginia, at the Hampton Road Convention Center. Convention Center. You can go to the website at uh, www.midatlanticrjc. Midatlanticrjc. Uh, get further information. And at that conference, we're going to be sharing and learning uh, some best practices that will enable us to engage with our neighbors uh, and participate in the holistic transformation of our communities, uh, standing together. That, that's that's right. Standing together against systems of injustice. Byron, tell us about this intersect uh, uh, between jobs for life and CCDA. Um, you, you mentioned how you flowed into that. Uh, how does that whole those two intersect together, and uh, where has that led to since you were uh, uh, joining with CCDA? Yeah. So. CCDA, the Christian Community Development Association, is a, a group of people that came together over uh, about the years ago um, through the leading of uh, Dr. John Perkins, who was um, uh, um, a black civil rights leader in the rural South, um, you know, during Jim Crow. Um, he was beaten severely as he tried to bring hope to his community. Um, for inciting, you know, uh, uh, problems in the community. He was beaten by white police officers and put in jail. Um, and, and at one point when he was on the floor of the jail, you know, trying to keep himself alive, he, he said, he made a promise to God. He said, God, if you'll get me out of this prison tonight, um, uh, he said, I, I want to preach a, a gospel of love that will overcome my hate for these people who are trying to hurt me and and their hate for me, he said, I want to preach a gospel. I want to preach a, a message of good news that is more powerful than that. Um, and when he eventually did get out of the, the, the prison, that's exactly what he did. And he wrote a book called Let Justice Roll Down that told the story of his life. Um, and in that story, he rolled out um, what he had developed, um, the first kind of three principles of Christian community development, which are reconciliation, restoration, and redistribution. Um, you know, those principles basically just said, if you, if you want to work with broken, wounded people, if you want to work with the poor, you need to be among them. You need to relocate um, and be present with them. Um, and then uh, reconciliation, he saw the great divide between black and white in this country. And he says, if we all claim Christ as our um, as our savior that we should be able to come together black and white um, there shouldn't be Greek nor Jew we should, we're all one people and we should come together so issues of reconciliation are huge and then redistribution um, which is just um, using the resources that are available to us just sharing them with others um, because in the Jim Crow South the, the, the resources that were available weren't equitably distributed um, to people. It was it was um, it, it was benefiting one group of people um, to the 
detriment of others. And so his book really addressed those things, and it, it went across the country, and people started reading that book, black, white, yellow, red, all, all of humanity started reading it, and they began talking and coming together um, to try and live these principles out in their communities among people um, um, who are on the margins. And um, after a while, they just decided, let's get together and uh, create an association where we can share our ideas, our best practices, our subject, you know, get uh, hear from subject matter experts, people who have been doing this for a while, people who have committed their lives to it. Um, and that's how the, or- the association, CCDA, uh, began to meet. And yearly, they had a uh, gathering together um, where people come over the world um, to be with one another. And so um, Jobs for Life, um, you know, started when a white business owner in Raleigh, North Carolina, heard a message by Dr. John Perkins um, to get to know someone who didn't look like him, um, specifically an African-American. And he began to pray about that. And his business was a paving company in the Raleigh area, um, was very successful and uh, he began, began praying about meeting someone who was different than him. And then um, one day, a black pastor, uh, Pastor McCoy um, Church, needed a parking lot paved. And someone told him to call the C.C. Mangum Company because they were in a fair deal. They wouldn't cheat. And he called that day, and lo and behold, Chris Mangum, the white business owner, answered um, the call, even though he's the vice president, it was just one of these uh, divine moments. And he decided <laughs> that he would go out and, and measure the parking lot himself, something that he hadn't done in a while. So that day he went out and measured the parking lot and quoted the deal. And uh, Pastor McCoy will tell the story that uh, they were sitting there, two black pastors, <laughs> him and his associate pastor were, were watching this, this white man out in his uh, uh, parking lot, you know, doing this manual labor, and they said, man, isn't this something? And uh, after he was finished, they invited him in and said, let's pray about this project. And they laid there prostrate at the altar, um, two black pastors and a and, and, and white business owner in the middle, and they prayed, and Chris Mangum said that, um, you know, he said, they, they 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 were praying for that project that day, but he knew that they were praying for something much greater. And in, in the course of the coming months, they became friends. They started having dinner together, lunch together. They really started getting to know each other. They began to trust each other, and they started sharing their problems with one another. Um, and, and one of the problems that they were having is Chris's business was um, you know expanding greatly. And they were losing a lot of money every day because they had trucks that were parked in their parking lot. And, and, and Pastor McCoy said, well, that's funny. He says, well, I've got all these black men in my pews that I preach the good news, the gospel every week, but they don't have jobs to take care of themselves or their families. Um, so they came up with a plan, figure out a way within a year to put six men from uh, Pastor McCoy's church uh, in the jobs uh, with C.C. Mangum, and that's how Jobs for Life was born. Uh, but it all was out of a message from the, the Christian Community Development Association with the leader, John Perkins, um, that uh, Chris Mangum, um, the white business owner, heard and brought him into a relationship with a black pastor. And that's 
for Jobs for Life started. Wow, that's a perfect intersection there. Um, uh, I mean, it just it just makes sense. It makes real good sense. Uh, but I know you you guys going to be participating uh, you uh, yourself and uh, Jobs for Life corporately uh, in the Justice Conference. How do you see that fit? What what is what is the relationship there, and, and what and what are you you're going to be discussing? Um, uh, I know you're doing a workshop, so uh, wh- what are you going to be doing a workshop on at the conference? Yeah, so Jobs for Life is is one is sponsoring help helping sponsor the conference because um, matters of economic uh, opportunity uh, are justice issues. I mean, all justice is is um, the rules of engagement for bringing about shalom, and shalom is a is a is an old Hebrew word for for peace. And you know, if we're going to live together, red, yellow, black, and white in our communities, we got to figure out how to come together, and 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 how people are able to work and 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 use their skills and talents and assets uh, for the benefit of their families and their communities is really important. And so Jobs for Life is sponsoring this justice conference because of that, um, because jobs impact our economics and our economics impact our communities, and those are justice issues. Um, the particular um, workshop that I'll be leading is one on changing our mindsets um, to really understand what's going on um, in, in our communities um, and how to engage our communities what, what typically happens is you have um, kind of church folks that have big hearts that begin giving away things um, because they have compassion um, and, and they don't engage their brain and their minds um, into seeing these systems um, that, are, that are going on in, in our communities that are keeping people in poverty. Um, a lot of time we have misperceptions where we just think people are in poverty because they've made poor choices um, and they just don't know how to manage material resources. When, you know, sometimes that is the case, sometimes that's part of the problem. There are these overriding issues of, of systems that are in place that, that penalize people and keep people down. And so, in order to impact these systems and change them, um, you have to first open your mind and begin to look out at the community in which you're in and the systems in which you're participating. And you got to see your relationship to those systems. And then you got to look at people um, who are on the, the, the margins of that, who are vulnerable to those systems. And, and you got to hear how those systems are impacting them. So that's that's a mind thing. That's something that begins when you start to open your eyes. Um, and I think in, in Jesus in Isaiah 61, where um, he talked about, you know, opening the eyes of the uh, of the blind. I think he was talking to people like us who have um, different systems and we're comfortable and. and we become blind to the fact that there's these systems that benefit some and, and, and do damage to others. So when we open our eyes, um, we, we can then begin to see what's really going on, and that's a mind thing that starts with a curiosity that we have. And then it should move down into our hearts as we come into contact with people 
who are on the margins and, and, and can't um, overcome some of these systems. When we, we begin to talk to them, when we walk a mile in their shoes, you know, this thing moves from our head and our mind. It moves down into our heart and it becomes this compassion, which literally means to suffer with. And then once it interact, it intersects with our mind and, and moves into our heart, then it should move down into our will where we then have the courage to begin to confront the systems that are out there. And, and part of moving down into that will is, is stepping back from what we've seen, what we've heard, what we feel, and listen to what God is calling us to do. And that's where we gain the, the, the courage to begin to um, confront those systems. And it's, it's a process. It's not something that really comes natural to a lot of people. Many people have discovered kind of this journey by accident, um, but what I really want to talk about is intentionally um, putting ourselves in, in on this journey and, and walking with other people um, on this journey because it, it takes all of us. And until we change our minds, we're never going to change the system that keeps giving us results that nobody wants. All right. Thank you so much, Byron. Welcome to Virginia. Uh, we look forward to talking to you more as we get into this Let's Talk Justice, a front court conversation today. So we invite all right, you all to sign up and be involved with the Mid-Atlantic Regional Justice Conference uh, taking place March 21st to 23rd here at the Hampton Roads Convention Center in Hampton, Virginia, where we're going to proclaim a vision that restores hope and confronts our justice lifestyle. So come on and join us as we propel and we get engaged to address the social issues that are paramount in our communities. Tune in next week. Look out for our upcoming shows and our exciting guests. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.